Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan spoke the week of the draft Monday from the Steelers facility about their plans. We're going to react to some of the things they said and why we think it's just signaling more and more that a trade-up is very much a likely possibility. I'm Chris Carter, your host of the Locked On Steelers podcast, joined today by Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day here at the Locked On Steelers podcast. As I said before, we're rejoined by my man, Alan Saunders. We've had him on every week for a while now. We love having him on with all his insights. And uh, it's a good day to talk to Alan. Alan, you you were there at the press conference. Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan getting into it, uh, breaking some things down. And they said a lot of different things. But I want to focus on one thing, uh, one, one kind of aspect that was kind of revealed a little bit here. And Mike Tomlin said it's the most Mike Tomlin way. I'm going to give you this nugget, but not really because I'm going to take it right back after I say it. And when asked about the Steelers draft position at 17, he says, quote, we're not opposed to moving up to pinpoint someone who's quite special. So, okay, you're like, oh. But then right after that, he says, but we do believe that there's great depth in this draft and we're ready and comfortable for whatever. So, exactly, both sides of your mouth, Mike Tomlin, we see what you're doing. You're just building smoke screens. You ain't slick. We know the deal here. But at the same time, Man, I, I think that this could end up being a very real possibility mm. for the Steelers to trade up and for a specific position. I wrote today, SteelersNow.com. I think the number one scenario for me for the Steelers in the first round is trade up to get an offensive tackle. I think it is just the position where they have the biggest ability to impact their team this season based on the board, the way things are going to fall. I don't think they're going to get one of those top tackles at number 17. They can get a good corner at a lot of places in this draft. They don't have that many needs. Mike Tomlin, I was actually, we were talking about talk, talking about both sides of your mouth. I was very surprised that he just came out and said, look, we don't have any glaring needs. Like, he's right. I agree with him. Yeah. I was a little surprised that he said it. Um, I think tackle is the place to go. I think going up to get one is worth it. Um it just seems to make sense to me. Like that's the point of doing all this work that done in free agency and in making trades and all this stuff is to cover all your bases so you don't have to do anything. Well, if you don't have to do any one thing, you don't need all these picks. Like you can go up and get the guy that you need. To me, I think there's a lot of reasons to want to tackle. And the way this class is going to fall, I just think they need to move up to get a left tackle. I'm, I'm right with you here. I, I think that when we look at how um... – how this is going to play out. I, I think that we've talked about this a lot. The Steelers, if they were two first round really hitting points could be offensive tackle and cornerback. We have talked about that for months, but cornerback is the position where you and I have talked about a lot that you could get a second round corner this year. And there's a lot of them that have a really good, I think a really good chance to become premier starting cornerbacks in the NFL who could become franchise players that, 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 that can be part of your new nucleus of the future. That is not the case for offensive tackle. 
And you and I last week, we went through our top 10 rankings of offensive tackle. By the way, I was voted for and won again. Uh, <laughs> it's totally my. Look, we're on the road here, okay? Like, we're doing everything we can. Uh, we did better. We did better, okay? Did. We got we closer. It was about 43% to 47%. So that is pretty good. 47? I will. Look, we covered probably, okay. If it was, if it was, if I was plus three on the road here, all right, we covered the spread. I'll take it. We're moving up. We're moving. I'll up. take it. But, but yeah, but my point here um, is is when looking at though that when we when we said it, you and I agreed on one thing though. Our top three were the same, just in different orders. You had Paris Johnson at one, Peter Skaronski at two, Broderick Jones at three. I had Broderick Jones at one, Peter Skaronski at two, Paris Johnson at three. Both you and I on the same page. Those are not the that guys. much difference between those guys, but there's yeah. a big gap to four. And and here's where I think a lot of people are disagreeing with us because there's a lot of people like Matt Miller of ESPN, who I have a lot of respect for. He has Darnell Wright going to the Steelers. And I just the more and more I read into Darnell Wright, the more and more I've watched Darnell Wright, I don't buy it. I, I get that he's big and he's strong and this, that, and a third. But as we talked about with Jim Wexel on the Monday episode, his work ethic has been questioned. There's been a lot of people that have written about that. And we know Mike Tomlin ain't here to babysit nobody on their work ethic. If you got if, – if your problem is just technique, which like for Broderick Jones, that's his biggest thing. His hands kind of miss sometimes in pass protection. We've talked about that. Those are correctable things. But if, if we got to question your motor, you know, this could be Mike Adams 2.0. Which, if you're a Steelers fan and you're you're a, you're a you're a junkie, you know, casual Steelers fans might forget Mike Adams that he was once a an Ohio State tackle, was a second round pick, and he had he even the Steelers were going to pass on him, and he drove to Pittsburgh to to meet with the Steelers overnight, and like it was a big dramatic thing, and then he ended up being the bust that they were worried that he would be, uh, and, and a lot of other issues. Now Darnell Wright, not saying that he's going to be Mike Adams with, with how he got in trouble with the law and a few other things, but I think that you you look at that work ethic problem and you see a big guy and a guy that might not be willing to put in the work that the Steelers need from a dude that they're signed, that they're drafting to be a key cog in the future offensive line to protect Kenny Pickett and block for Najee Harris. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there, right? I mean, I think Darnell Wright's biggest strength is a run blocker. Yeah. I, I probably could say that about Broderick Jones too, but I think the issue is, is that he's, you know, Broderick Jones to me has the athletic ability to be better. It's just, technique whereas i i don't think the same way about darnell Wright, who just to me feels like a big guy who uses his size and strength pretty well but is mostly just a, a space eater right he to me feels like more of a right tackle in the nfl than a left tackle and look it's not like the steelers can't get better at both of those spots like i think chooks had a pretty good year at right tackle but they could certainly choose to upgrade on him but to me, the big reason to trade up and make sure you get a left tackle is that the Steelers just used a first-round pick on Kenny Pickett, yeah. and they're going to waste that first-round pick if they can't protect him. Mm. Kenny Pickett played 13 games and had two concussions this year. If he does that again next year, his career is over. That's yeah. it. You can't do that again. That's the end of the line. That's worse right. than Tua in two years. Okay, mm -hmm. like That's it. You have to protect your quarterback. And the left tackle, the blindside tackle, is the premier position to accomplish that. And to me, there's only these three guys. And let's be honest, like Skronsky's not even a sure thing to be a left tackle. Maybe there's really only two guys in this draft who you feel like you could absolutely get a guy that could help you protect Kenny Pickett's blindside for 10 years. Um, and, and that's, to me, the thing that's worth going up to get. 
I don't necessarily hate Darnell Wright at 17, but I don't put him in the same category as those guys. I don't see this as like, oh, there's four top tackles and one could fall to us. Like I do at corner. Like I don't think there's that big of a difference between Devin Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks, whatever. Those guys are all fairly close. To me, there's a clear line at tackle where you are getting a left tackle or you are maybe but probably not getting a left tackle, and I think that's a difference worth paying for. And I think a big part of this, too, is, you know, people talking about what, well, wait a second, the Steelers have other needs. It's really good that they have three picks in the top 50, four picks in the top 80. If they trade up, they're going to have to give, give up some pieces there. Um, and and is he, would they even want to? Because at the same time, Mike Tomlin said they like the depth of this draft. Well, a little bit of, you know, smoke to the smoke, uh, fire to that smoke. Um is uh is, is you know Todd McShay saying like hey yeah the Steelers we knew the Steelers were con had contacted the Bears but he also added they've contacted the Titans now I'm pretty sure the Steelers have contacted a lot of teams about trading up and what their possibilities are but if they do trade up what do they need to give up to get there slash and what would they need to do to compensate for losing that and that's of course the 32nd overall pick I want to talk about what that trade could be like with Allen and we have Five different trade scenarios with new charts, that, with a new system uh, for charting for how to make these work uh, that we're going to go over here. Five picks and how the Aaron Rodgers trade that was finally finalized with the, with the Jets and the Packers also impacts all of that. All of that right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Stay with us. We're going to keep talking about the Steelers trading up possibilities for one of those big offensive tackles, be it Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones. But first, before we do any of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors, at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook, the, the number one sportsbook in America. With Major League Baseball back, there's no better place to bet on baseball than FanDuel. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. You can bet on when Aaron Judge might hit his next home run, how many strikeouts Shohei Otani might throw in a game, or how long would the Pittsburgh Pirates keep their win streak going? Because they're, they're they're doing some damage. Go ahead, Buckos. But you can all do it all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss out on your shot for a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets when you join FanDuel today. Go to go to FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're continuing with the show here. Um, Alan, before we get into all the different trade possibilities and all the things that have to add up, it's obvious the Steelers are probably going to have to give up a day two pick, be it be it somewhere in the second round with 32 or 49 or somewhere or, or 80 in the third round and then see how they can balance things. But in doing this, as long as they keep 32, and I think it's it's vital that they do not give up 32 in this process. You've written about this. You and I have talked about this. You know this, and and Mike Tomlin even hinted at it again. Um, it, was know, on, it was it was it was it was it was. I don't know. Overt. I don't know what, what's like nine levels above hint. Like it, he okay. I'll read the exact quote that you guys even put put on your website, SteelersNow.com. You mentioned number thirty-two. This is Mike Tomlin being in that position. We acknowledge we're not quarterback shopping, and that position might be one that attracts quarterback shoppers. So it's exciting to see what might transpire with some of those phone calls and the value we may be able to get. It's an exciting position for us to be in. But yeah, you're right. That's not hinting. That is. Let me Tomlin translate that. Please, dear God, pay us 
a lot to come get Hendon Hooker. It's, it's like holding up a giant sign like, hey, come get this pick, bro. This is, this like, is the NFL draft version of the wavy guy. In yeah, the call the wave, the wave, the wave, the wave, too, man. Mike Tomlin is saying, come get this pick. But it makes sense because he's right, especially if some of these quarterbacks fall. And I think that there's, there's a few that could, could fall. I, I think that Richardson, Stroud, and Young, all those guys are probably going to go early. But Will Levis and Hendon Hooker. It's, I don't it's, think Levis is going to fall to 32, but Hooker, I mean, to me, that's about where he belongs. Like that, That's where that, he belongs. If someone thinks Hendon Hooker is their future, they could trade up and go get him. And if they think it's their quarterback of the future, they may want to give up some extra pieces and, and not just a trade out, not just trading back in the second round, but also recouping a third round pick so that you're getting another day two pick back. So that essentially, yeah, you won't have three in the top 50, but four in the stop in the top hundred again, that's still a yeah. win. And it doesn't have to be a quarterback. I mean, there's always that guy and we right. never really know who it's going to be, but almost every year there's that one guy that you look at and you're like, Oh, how did he not go in the first round? That guy who sits in the green room way too long, or, you know, that just that guy that like sits there at the top. Every time Mel Kuyper yeah. talks about a different player, you know, that he's the guy at the top of the board. He's the guy at the top of the board. Like it just takes two teams to be really in love with that guy and and have 20 hours to think about it after the first round ends. And you can have a little bidding war and you can you can make something happen. I think the Steelers are very excited about that that process. Um and and I remember like back to the combine, I asked Omar about that, and his eyes lit up then. And you know, I, I could kind of tell this was a this was a thing, and then uh Mike T basically just hung out the for sale sign today. And to me, and again, the allure here is that it's not just an in-the-moment thing. It's going to be something that brews for basically like 20 hours because at the, yeah. as soon as the, the first round closes, everyone knows yeah. who's who's sitting there at 32. It's and hard to make trades on draft day. You have 10 minutes. Like yeah. it's really, really hard to mm-hmm. make those trades as the picks are falling and things are happening fast. And you know, none of the guys are there at the draft. Everything's right. done by phone and by internet. And so there's like delays in communication. And, and it's this tough. is why they're do making these phone calls now. When you say yeah, the Steelers have contacted this team, it's because they need to know uh, have a basis of conversation, like, hey, we've talked with the Bears. It's not like we're coming in cold and just saying, Hey, uh, so uh, what do you think about? No, it's like, hey, we talked about this trade. This is the moment. Are you still down for this? All right, here it is. And, and, and at least have those train tracks set for you so that you can get going there. Yeah. Pick um, pick 32 has been traded. Uh, well, not pick 30. The first pick of the second round there has you been go. traded uh, three times in the last 10 years. So you figure like just, just statistically, you got like about a one in three shot of the Steelers making a trade here. And that's before – the head coach and the GM basically said, yeah, I would really like to trade this. Um, get this. And, and I think, to me, the two moves make sense together, right? We're talking about moving up to get a tackle, and then you can move back. And, look, there are corners deep into day two. Um, there's tight ends deep into day two. Mike Tomlin specifically highlighted that position as a position of strength. There are edge rushers all throughout day two. There are interior defensive linemen all throughout day two. I mocked this when I did a three-round mock at SteelersNow.com. I mocked them trading down from 32 to 40. Now, I had them get a corner in the first round, so I had them taking DeWan Jones at 40. But, like, I don't think the board for the Steelers changes super drastically trading down even 10 picks into the second round. 
And so uh, to me, I just think this, the system of moves makes sense. If you can trade from 17 up into a place where you can get that franchise left tackle, move back down, recoup the draft pick, still be able to address all the places where you do have needs. They're not big needs, but they're little ones, places like defensive line depth and edge rusher depth. And, you know, you want to be able to have enough picks to get those guys, but there's not a lot of those places. Like the Steelers are in a good position to be able to trade up if they want to. And I think, if they do trade up, they're in a really good position to trade back down with their second pick and just bring that pick right back into the fold. Man, uh, we are speaking the same language here because the Steelers, I, I, again, you're talking about that top-needed offensive tackle. You don't just get an offensive tackle. You're not getting a fourth-round, third-round guy that you're hoping flexes into. be. You're, you're not getting Chooks or Dan Moore. You're getting a guy that everyone wants because they think that he could be the next great big thing at offensive tackle in the NFL. And, and like I've said several times on this show and other places, the Steelers don't have uh, a a long pedigree list of great offensive tackles in their franchise history. This will be a time to change that. And, and again, we've you know we've seen some aggression on the part of Omar Khan in in free agency to go make moves and to make trades during the season to get that thirty second overall pick. I see no reason for that aggression to slow up with him and Andy Weidel making moves to be aggressive and say, you know what, let's build right now. Let's set let's set the tone for who we're going to be as a franchise moving forward and, and getting what we want for who we want and like building around Kenny Pickett one, but also continuing to build that young nucleus of players and leaders that you want for the future. You know, they, they have the guys right now who I think will be the torchbearers, uh, you know, right now, Cam Hayward's, you know, the elder statesman of the defense, but Micah Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, those two guys, we know that they're the leaders. And Alex Highsmith is another guy I think is, is, is emerging up into the role of those guys, but they need the next generation to come up with those guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, if they got like a Jack Campbell, I think that he would fit into that fold uh, really well. I think Keanu Benton would be another guy that could, that, that could be into that role. I think Julius Brents, I've talked about him a lot. Those three guys, if they found a way to land two of those guys somehow in day two, that they have, and also get their their offensive tackle on one, this to me is a knockout of a draft. At least, you know, just coming out of it. Yeah, I mean, like if you're really worried about corner, because I think we can agree that's probably the second yes. biggest, most pressing need. Like, look, okay, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. Okay, here's where I had corners going. On day two, Keely Ringo at 35, Emmanuel Forbes at 38, Tyree mm. Stevenson at 46. Um, I got Cam Smith at 60 and Julius Brents at 65. Like, give me any of those guys. They're great. Exactly. Like, I'll take them all. I'll take them all. Uh, I like Julius Brents better than all the guys I picked ahead of him. I'm just trying to predict what the NFL is going to do there, mm -hmm. not specifically what I like. But I think wait, I like wait, Brents. wait. Are you telling me that I convinced you that Julius Brents moves up your draft charts a little? I mean, bit? I think I had him pretty high. Um, I, but I had him. I had him like. You had him here, but I did. That's 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 certainly uh, the case. But like I, I just and, and even beyond that, I mean, we talked about ten cornerbacks, and and I was talking about having like five or six guys. I was worried about like who was the tenth. Like oh, oh, I had this whole. How do I leave any of these guys off? Like they can get a corner later. To me, um, the downsides that we're bringing up here, and it's important to talk about them. Yes. But to me, I just don't think they measure up to the upsides that we discussed about why they should go up to get a tackle. Yeah, I agree entirely. And also another position to throw in there, um, and it was it's funny because of how it was thrown in there, is tight end because Omar Khan was going over the positions that are deep in this class, and he was like, D-line, corner, outside backer, and then Mike Tomlin says, tight end, and it was just like, it was like, oh, 
Really? Oh. Yeah, well, I got, let's see. Let's go back through the second round here. I, let's see. I got Darnell Washington at 39, Luke Musgrave at 43, Sam Laporta at 45. That's a good tight end class. Maybe one of them. We, Tucker Craft, I got in there somewhere. He's at 55, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Williams came on this show and he said the tight end class might be the best class of all the positions in this year's draft class. But when he said that, I took that quote, tweeted it, and I used the squid board. I was like, that's Darnell Washington right there. Like, that's the, like, go get that man and get me the 12 personnel tight end for me. Even, right down, even down like at 80, like there's like, there's still like Brenton Strange, Luke Schoonmaker. Like, I, I like this tight end class a lot. There's guys to get. I, I've no. No problem with that being a choice, but man, I, I agree. I just think it's and and the other thing is like the last thing I want to say about this is I think if you look at the way people are talking about this draft, Omar Khan said a lot today that he thinks this is a, a deep draft. He thinks it's a good draft class. I'm not sure I totally agree. I think it has some strengths, but if you're looking at where those strengths are, to me, it's in day two, right? And I think the Back half of the first round is the weakest part of this draft class. Yeah. I've seen lots and lots of NFL guys out there saying, I only see 13, 14, 15 guys with first round grades. Um, on the other hand, there might be there might be a hundred guys that have day two grades. And so if if you if the Steelers can get out of where they are at 17, move up to get one of those surefire first round grade guys, and then move back down in the second round to bring in another pick into that day two mix and maximize what is the strength of this draft class. I think it's a really good job of navigating to where the strengths of this draft class are and where they line up with the Steelers needs. And like, you know, I think Omar said today, like 85%, this is going to be the same as Kevin Colbert. To me, if I had to pick, what's that 15% going to be? It's going to be doing a better job of moving around the draft, knowing the way the league is going to evaluate players and not just the way the Steelers do and getting the most value for their draft picks. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Absolutely. We got to get to the point I've been wait, I've been saying I've been kind of teasing oh, yeah, we got, for a while we, now. We got charts to get to charts. We, we promised the people charts, Chris. We we got charts. We found a new tool that anyone can use for free. That's good. That'll help you evaluate how trades are made. It, encom- it encompasses several different perspectives. I'll explain how to use it and how it adds up for a lot of scenarios that I think specifically work for the Steelers trade up situation in the first round. All that in the third segment of the Locked On Steelers podcast. So stick with us right here. But first, before we do any of that, I want to remind you guys that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp Therapy Online is a great tool for if you need, if it's not self help, it's here to get you a licensed ther- therapist online to connect with you, help you figure out your, your your issues, and help you shoulder the burdens, figure out how to find the best balance in your life. BetterHelp Therapy Online will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. And it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's actual professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. And they have a special offer for all our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp dot com slash locked on that's 10 percent off your first month of online therapy at better com slash locked on get better help therapy online today it's a big tool to help people out there and get the professional licensed therapist that you could need to help better your life mm-hmm. 
Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carr with Alan Saunders breaking things down. We've talked about the trade up. We talked about the trade down. Let's go back to the trade up possibilities here, and we're going to do do something here. Now, I've talked about different trade trade charts this year. I've talked about the Jimmy Johnson one. That's the traditional one that people have used for many years now. I've talked about over the draft, over the over the uh, um, over the cap dot coms trade web. But we found a new tool that allow you to explore trades with several, with six different charts that are out there and used by a lot of people. And that is a that is a tool that has been offered by this guy, Joseph Hefner. You can follow him by following him on Twitter at Joseph, J-E-F-E. So it's J-O-S-E-P-H-J-E-F-E on Twitter. Uh, he works for uh, the Kansas City Sports Network, and he's done, made a few apps here with formations all 22. But this for the trade value, it's really useful. Um, and what it does is it takes all these different th- all these different options and shows you all these different charts and says, hey, if you wanted to make this trade work, this is what you would need to do in this situation. So we're going to do, do some experimenting here for looking at all of these different trade charts and how it moves for the Steelers moving up in this in, in uh, to get their offensive tackle uh, in this scenario that we've talked about here. Now, to do this, I think there's a few factors that play into this, right, Alan, because one, we've heard about Todd McShay, 9 and 11. So we have the Bears, we have we have the Titans there on, on the concern. But one of the things was also, uh, I think, a big strategy, and Brian Batko, my colleague at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, wrote about this, is if you want to get one of those guys, you want to get ahead of the Jets whenever they pick. But the Jets had the 13th overall pick until just yesterday. The Aaron Rodgers trade was reportedly competed, and there was a swap the Packers now have the 13th pick. The Jets have the 15th pick. So now ahead of the Jets is the Patriots at 14. But we have now, I went through this this new this new chart app and charted out what it would take to trade for nine with the Bears, 10 with the Eagles, 11 with the Titans, 12 with the Texans, and 14 with the Patriots because I don't think that the Packers would trade back down after trading up uh and getting that pick from Aaron Rodgers. But, hey, what, what do I know there? But let's go over these options. Let's start with the Bears at nine here, Alan. Now, bringing it up on YouTube so people can see it, so excuses as it blocks our faces. But um, looking at the – there we go. We can, like, lean to the side here and talk around it. That's but This is actually pretty funny. Um, plus, if someone's watching at home, please take a screenshot of Alan, like, geeking <laughs> over here as we're, like, looking over the sign. It's actually pretty funny. But um, looking at this trade, so according to this trade chart, when I was playing around with it – the Steelers would have to get the ninth overall pick. They would have to trade 17 and 49. And if they got not the ninth overall pick, they could also get an early fourth round or a fourth round pick for next year. And on five of the six draft charts that have been made available on this app, the only one that wouldn't work for is the Jimmy Johnson chart. But of five of the six draft charts, this would be fa- this would be favorable to the Bears, something that they would accept. And in fact, the Steelers might be able to get back like a a late fifth round pick or a seventh round pick in addition to this. Uh, But this to me adds up, Alan, is this a reasonable trade? Do you think here? And this, is this something you think the Steelers would actually do? I think this is close to reasonable. When I did ran this myself, I thought um, a sixth round pick this year coming back from Chicago would be right, but they don't have one. So then I said, maybe like, okay, usually you go up around if you go up a year or so. I thought 20, 24 fifth instead of fourth, but like, okay. I mean, I, I think you're close on what would be fair value for to, to go up to nine. To me, the big question is um, 
okay, one, the Bears need a tackle. So, like, why are they trading this pick if they don't want uh, – like, I'm not sure I see a big reason for them to want to make this trade. Two is, okay, if the Bears aren't taking a tackle and they're not trading this pick to someone else, do the Steelers need to go all the way to nine to do this? And, and you know, I'm not sure. Nobody really knows for sure, right? But I, I think – they could probably afford to not make such a big move, but I don't mind this trade. Like I think this, I think this fits for sure. So let's move down a slot here. Let's go to the Eagles at 10 where Andy Weidel obviously would have some connections uh, being a, a, you know, a former Eagles front office guy. Now we kept the 49th pick in here, but with that, the numbers showed that if you, if, the, if you could bump up the Eagles pick to a late third round pick for next year, so you could get the 10th overall pick, so you are picking a top 10 player, but you're also then getting a third round pick in 2024 for next year. So you get an extra little pick, uh, pick, pick there for day two next year, but you're giving up 17 and 49. Again, keeping 32. We All the scenarios I have, the Steelers keeping 32 because – they want that to hold on to that for, for trade down value after trading up uh, in the first round. But here, again, works five of six charts for 17 and 49 for 10th and a third round pick in 2024 from the Eagles. I'm also not sure the Eagles would do this. They have the 30th overall pick. So they might be like, why do we need to trade down for a lower pick? Unless they see, you know what? We could get this. We could pick at 17, 30, and then we'll have two second round picks. And then they're continuing to build with young guys in their roster. I see an incentive for both sides to say, like, hey, we both made out pretty well here. I think this trade makes more sense for the Eagles than the Bears trade made sense for the Bears. Mm -hmm. Because to me, the Eagles' big needs are edge rusher and interior defensive line. Now, Tyree Wilson could be there at 10. I think that probably takes them out of the equation for this trade. But otherwise, like a guy like Nolan Smith, a guy like Lucas Van Ness, a guy like Brian Brzee, like they're probably going to get one of them three if they move down to 17. And so, the, to me, like they can still address their biggest needs in this draft by moving down. And so, I I think this trade makes a lot of sense with the Eagles. I'd like to see it with just keeping the picks twenty twenty three, um, but I, I don't hate this for the Steelers. You know, I think this makes a good bit of sense. And obviously, the Eagles are a team that they're probably going to be okay with dealing with. But look, I mean. If I had to pick the best general manager at navigating the draft and getting the most out of what he does, Howie Roseman might be that guy. So, like, one of the early lessons of being a football general manager is don't trade with those guys because you're probably (laughs) going to lose. You know, know, Alan, you just made a point, and I just did this over here on my end. Trading for the – for just swapping a second for the third at 94th overall – it works on five of the six charts. So I might have even undersold the Steelers here. They wouldn't even need a third round next year. They could get a third round this year. And according to this five year. of these six charts, they would work for the, they, they would work for both sides. Yeah, but it doesn't work for Howie. I'm I'm not Good sure question. the Eagles are gonna give up so easily. I also think um you know they're a team with their needs where they can trade down to a bunch of different places. They have 30 where they can come up from also, you know. I like this trade better than I like the Bears trade. I'm just not sure the Eagles would definitely do it. And I'm also not sure that they would do it for this. But, like, the idea of moving up to 10 to me makes a little bit more sense than 9. I don't see the reason to pay the premium to go up one more pick. And I think this trade makes more sense for the Eagles than the last one did for the Bears. 
Let's move down one more pick to the Tennessee Titans at 11. Another team that Todd McShay from ESPN said that the Steelers have talked to uh, here. Now, for here, I was able to bump down from 49 to 80 as the Steelers pick that they're giving up in addition to 17 to get this pick. And according to – now, this was a little more muddled. This wasn't as this wasn't as uh, five of six. This was three to three uh, that, that, that said that this would or wouldn't work uh, for the Titans. But at 17 and 80 – uh, the Steelers trading those away. They would get back the 11th pick and they would get back a fourth round pick uh, with the Titans giving up the 147th pick there in the draft. Um, actually, sorry, that's a fifth round pick. I apologize. Uh, but so they'd get back a fifth round pick and they'd get pick 11 from the Titans for giving up a first and a third. So in this scenario, you have kept 32 and 49. You could trade down from 32, still have two second round picks and probably recoup a third round pick there. Uh, if, if you're trading down with 32 and to me, that's like, you know, you're that that's live, that's living nice and easy right there. And so this is that's why this might be now again, the charts are are more mixed on this trade being possible and something that the Titans would accept. But I think this is a lot more favorable to what you're looking at here. And again, we're talking two spots down from the Bears. The Bears may take a tackle. Maybe the Eagles do. But I think both of those teams got a lot of other needs in front of them as well. Yeah, I think I'm more worried about like a, another team that the Eagles might trade down with than I am the Eagles. Um, the Bears, to me, I think should probably just stay there and take a tackle, but whatever. They don't ask me. Um, I like this trade for the Steelers. I'm not sure why this trade makes sense for the Titans. Like they need a quarterback. They need a lot of players. This probably could be Will Levis. Like to me, like this, this is where could, he's yeah. going. Now, maybe they prefer Hendon Hooker and think that he'll get to 17 and they can move down and get the guy they want anyway. So to me, that is the that is the reason for the Titans to make this trade, is if they think we like Hendon Hooker better than Will Levis anyway, let's move down to 17, we'll still get the guy we want, and we can add some extra draft capital. If they're not taking a quarterback, they should probably be taking a wide receiver, and this is right in the Jackson Smith and Jigba sweet yeah, spot for me. Also, Quentin Johnson would not be a terrible mm -hmm. pick there for me. So, like, to me, that's the one scenario where this trade makes sense for the Titans, but I do like it for the Steelers. I think it makes a lot of sense. To me, this gets you, at the very worst, your number two pick of those three top tackles. Now let's move down one more pick again. Now we're going to 12 with the Houston Texans. Now the Texans also have the second overall pick in this in this draft where they're most likely going to take C.J. Stroud. Uh, we think. Becoming, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah please. You know, I, the fact that there's more than one mock draft out there that has somebody else in that spot just boggles my mind. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But again, we're, we're, we're projecting there. But if they get that quarterback, the Texans are in a full rebuild. I could see the Texans saying, "Hey, you know what? We'll move down five spots to say, let's 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 get another day two pick in there." Because again, this is a deep draft class, and everyone sees it the same way. Again, I was able to throw in the 80th pick here and, and not give up either of the Steelers' second round picks. So the Steelers in this trade scenario would give up 17 and 80. They'd get 12 and an early fourth for next year. And this again would be would be in the middle grounds where, th in, according to three trade charts, this would work for the Texans. According to three trade charts, this would favor the Steelers. And so, um, with some of these, you might be able to get away with it. But I, I think that this is also another range where, if the Texans are in a position where they're like, mm, we don't, we, you know, we've gotten certain guys, but we're 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 looking for a different guy who's going to be available later. We'd also like an extra third round pick. Um, you know, that could that could be somewhere where I see. The Steelers make making a trade here. We've heard the rumors about Deontay Johnson. I don't think that's happening, but 
Um, I, I do think that a draft pick here, a tr- swap making this swap a third, a first and a third for a high, a higher first and a fourth next year could, I think that could be an advantage the Steelers would be interested in. Yeah, I think this makes sense for the Steelers probably is right about their sweet spot for where they would like to go to really guarantee like, okay, definitely going to get one of those three, probably going to get your pick of two of those three at mm-hmm. 12 here. For the Texans to me, if they draft C.J. Stroud and they go into the season with their wide receiver depth chart, I'm, I'm going with our lads here. They're a site I like. Nico Collins, Noah Brown, and Robert Woods. Who? I'm pretty sure that like Dan Marino circa 1995 would have struggled with that group. Okay. <laughs> they ha- they cannot trade this pick if they draft CJ Stroud and they there's a good wide receiver on the board there. They just can't. However, the fact that people are even discussing the idea that they're not going to take CJ Stroud I just kind of got to look at the text and throw my hands up and say it's all possible because I really truly have no idea what they're thinking if they do that. I'm in the same boat. There's been a lot of times I have no idea what the Texans like to are me, thinking. This is, like, to me, this should be the easiest draft in the world. The Texans should just be like Stroud and whatever the best wide receiver is, and we're good. Like, I don't, yep. I don't, It doesn't even require any effort to me, really, to be a very good draft. But uh, I guess we'll – We'll, we'll keep an open mind here and say that teams do strange things, and this is the opposite of trading with the Eagles, right? I mean, right. if somebody wants to do something dumb, you let them. I think this would be a dumb trade for the Texans, but I like it for the Steelers. Well, hey, that's why I mentioned the Bears earlier. Um, but uh, the, the last team we're going to explore here with the charts is – is going to be we're skipping 13 with the Packers because again they just traded they got that pick from the Jets so I think that they'd be a little they wanted it for a reason yeah right also could be a tackle team Uh, let's let's acknowledge that too also could be a tackle team and could be the chance for to take away two two tackles that we're talking about out of the three that we're looking at here but again let's go down and now I went we went to the Patriots now for this one the Patriots I got all of the charts to work for giving up 17 and 80 and then picking up 14 and 135. So the Steelers trade up three spots, and they give away their first and third round picks. They get three spots higher. And the point of this, again, is to now get ahead of the Jets, who I think a lot of people agree offensive tackle would be certainly in their wheelhouse that they'd that they want to trade to get. And with 135, you have the very last pick of the fourth round, a comp pick that the, that the Patriots got there. So you get a late fourth uh, fourth round pick there, adding to your early day three picks with with 120. And again, if you're trading away 80, you're keeping both your second round picks, so you can trade down with uh, with 32. Maybe you pick you're trading down at 32. You're picking up another second round pick, so you're keeping a second round pick. Probably getting a second third round or a pick or a third round pick to replace this pick that you just lost if if you're in that that trade scenario, while also getting an extra fourth round pick. To me. If there's if if you can do this trade to get a Paris Johnson or a Broderick Jones or Peter Skaronsky, I still I favor those two guys a little bit more on my on my side just because of their build. I think being more natural offensive tackles than Skaronsky, he's more of a interior guy that should flex in the NFL. But if you make this trade, to me, I think this is the most favorable to what the Steelers could could need and i could see the patriots being like you know what we'll move back three spots to pick up that extra third round pick because they the patriots have been a team to be happy to trade down and pass 
So I've been talking about this trade for a long time. First, in general, the Pats are a trade-down happy team. They like to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that the Pats – it's been pretty well widely reported that the Pats' preference of tackles is Darnell Wright, which they should probably be able to get at 17, I would yep. think. Um, it gets the Steelers ahead of the Jets. It almost certainly still gets them one of these top three tackles. It might even get them their pick of two of those three, depending on where the board falls. I absolutely love everything about this trade. Um if the Pats prefer right, if they think corner is their bigger need, like th there's a lot of reasons why it would make sense for New England to make this trade. There's a ton of reasons it makes sense for Pittsburgh to make this trade. To me, like this is the move that I would look for on draft day as like this makes the most sense for everyone. I think it fits everyone's budget and, and abilities. And um, yeah, I mean, I think I think this fits really 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 well get ahead of the jets make sure you get one of those top tackles really not paying that much for it the move down from 80 to 135 i mean it's 50 picks but it's it's not it's not a deal breaker to me and you know i, I think the steelers can can move down a couple picks from 30 and from 32 and add one back i just i think this makes the most sense i really do and again, again all all six of the draft trade charts uh, say that 17 and 80 for 14 and 135 would work for the Patriots. And I, I think that would just be the perfect scenario for the Steelers. So out of the five, would you agree that this is probably the best situation for the Steelers or would you go for one of the higher picks just to make sure that you're getting one of those top tackles? I think this is both the best situation for the Steelers and the most likely situation bringing in the, the opponent and, and, and everything that needs to happen to make a trade. I think this makes the most sense for them. I'm right with you there. And again, we're talking about the Steelers doing this to make sure that they get ahead of that steep drop off that we see between the, the top three tackles and Darnell Wright and let him be someone else's issue right now as he works through whatever he's got to work through as far as the work ethic questions and the things that the Steelers don't want to deal with. But again, lots of things can happen. You know, there's going to when there's quarterbacks in play, there's going to be trade ups. And so there's going to be teams getting aggressive. The Steelers are going to be that, you know, that guy on the battlefield that's like watching all the bullets fly. And they're just waiting for like, mm, where's my time to jump into action here? That that's going to be, I think, a big part of what happens here is, is being patient and waiting to take your shot and seeing when do Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan and Andy Weidel get aggressive to make this move. But I think, again, there's lots of avenues to do this while not losing your day two value uh, that you have with your guys here, protecting that 32nd overall pick so that that pick can turn into more picks for you on day two while still getting the premier offensive tackle. I think we I think we pretty well nailed it, man. Just go up and do it. All right, Omar, you got it. Just take right from our work. Omar, if you watch it, go. just to, go. We, we got you, bro. We just, we just put out the whole thing right here on the show. I don't even know why you're still at work. Just – just yeah, yeah. Call it in. Just, just call, just calling in right now when it when it happens. But Alan, this has been a great show. Thank you so much. We're way over our time, but it's always fun doing that with you, sir. Uh, let people they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. I'm a chronicle over time guest here at uh, right, Ross Jackson. Steelers. Will not kill me for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, SteelersNow.com uh, at PGH Steelers Now on Twitter and uh, my handle there at a Saunders underscore PGH. You know where to find it all. All kinds of draft coverage. Go check it out.
Absolutely. He's amazing. Alan, Alan Saunders, thanks so much. And uh, thanks for being with us all, all throughout this offseason. We appreciate you. We're definitely going to get your insights after this draft as well. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all my work there. You can also check me out on the Locked On Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, breaking things down here in your Pittsburgh Steelers. We hope you're your first listen every day because we're your team every day. Remember, you can get us on all your favorite podcasting apps and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel for all of our daily episodes. Back tomorrow, getting you ready. It's gonna be it's gonna be the Wednesday episodes, so the last episode before the day of the draft. Lots to still break down here in possibilities. All right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 